Welcome to the Hook and Hunt Experience with hunting and fishing expert and host of Hook and Hunt TV, Jim Crowley, and radio host and outdoorsman, Drew Kirby. On today's show, we'll cover fishing, hunting, outdoor adventures, wild game recipes, and so much more. Brought to you by Ned's Pretty Good Garage Bait and Tackle, home of the $8.99 oil change. If you have questions, comments, or want to offer up some suggestions, reach out on Facebook at Hook and Hunt Experience. And now, here's Jim Crowley and your host, Drew Kirby. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Hook and Hunt Experience I am Drew Kirby, your host, and he is our hunting, fishing, outdoor expert, Jim Crowley. The the best one we have in the room, in my room, anyway. (laughs) Jim, how are you? Wonderful, man. This is great, kind of getting the band back together, and we've got quite a history, and I was excited to do this, so this is is fantastic. But now it's it's on our playing field, on our ground rules, just how we like it. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, and most of you probably don't, uh, up until about four years ago, Jim and I did uh, an hour radio show every week, and we did that. Crap, Jim, was that that was probably eight years, something like that. Yeah, it was it was close to eight years. I couldn't believe the time went by that fast. But yeah, we did it for almost eight years. We got to to know a lot about each other, but we also got the opportunity to uh to meet and greet with a lot of people in the outdoor industry and that has really uh, obviously benefited you when it comes to hooking on tv because man you've really blown up and big things are happening there yeah it's it's going to be a lot of fun i mean you know now this is what i do for a for a full-time gig you know so um i made a lot of contacts over the years and and got to meet a lot of nice people and it's it's it, 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 the fruits of the labor, so to speak. I mean, it, it's just, it's been a lot of fun and every year it gets to be more fun. So this is just going to be another addition to that. Now, on top of doing this hooking on experience, doing hooking on TV, you also do a lot of uh, seminars with uh, high school kids and you even right. go to some, some big time shows and do lots of seminars there now. Yeah. I think last year, I think I ended up with, I think 51 seminars across wow. the Midwest that I did for, you know, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I love doing it. It's, you know, it's, it's like how a band feels playing live. This is fun, but I love being out in front of the people and engaging with the audience. That's why I think this is going to be so much fun is because this, we can engage more, you know, with our audience and with our guests more. And that, that's really where, where I love to do it. You've jumped on and you've been doing the all Canada show for a long time now, but right. you're one of their, their, uh, their top spokesmen. Yeah. I'm actually the featured seminar speaker for the all Canada show. And so it's fun. I met a lot of uh, people in the industry that way as well. With you and I both and kind of a background on both of us, uh, we grew up hunting and fishing. Your dad was a big influence in sure. your love of fishing from a from a young age, right? Yeah, he was. He literally had me in a boat at three years old, uh, and I caught my first white bass on the Fox River. And I think he said by age four or five, he didn't have to bring toys in the boat anymore, which you is were- kind of funny because now I have toys in a boat with me all the time. But you know, he said you you wanted to fish all the time, so that was good. So obviously, you were hooked from a young age. Oh. Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think my dad said that fish was in the freezer for three months because I would show it to everybody that came in the <laughs> house. It stopped looking like a fish after about two weeks, <laughs> but I would just bring out this lump of frozen ice and go, "I caught this." What about you know? your your hunting experience? So when did that come a little later? Or 
It did. I mean, I, I, one of my dad's buddies um, introduced me to squirrel hunting when I was probably seven or eight years old, you know, I would have 22. And, and then I got away from hunting for a very long period of time. And then later in my life, I think was in my late thirties, I became uh, best friends with actually he's my cameraman now, Kirk Ijams and, and Kirk taught me to shoot a shotgun. And then we both became certified shotgun instructors for the state of Illinois. Well, then I really got into duck hunting and clay shooting and, and all that. And, um, it's been it's been a great, a fantastic friendship. We've traveled all over the country together, and um, so hunting and fishing. There's that is the root of who of who I am. I, I've just my closest friends are because of the outdoors. So what you're saying is you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> you know, this year I really felt it. I'm at a seminar in Iowa, or, or Rock Island, Illinois. I think, and just, for some reason at that show. This happened twice. And a guy goes, you marked a map for me 25 years ago. Ha! What? <laughs> and I and I go, he goes, you marked the map for me on Clinton Lake 25 years ago. He goes, and I'm still catching fish off the places that you marked. I said, can I have the map back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would really like to start catching fish there again, you know. And then another guy comes up to me and tells, it's the same show, same weekend. He said, 25 years ago, I saw you at a seminar. I go, what is with this 25 years thing? But you know, I've I've been doing it almost thirty years, so uh, you know it's 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 time flies, and it's it's been a blast. Especially when you're having fun as you are, and you have as as long as I've known you for well over ten years now, you have always had this great outlook where you try to put your all into everything, and you have fun doing it. And that's one of the great things about Jim Crowley. Well, it's fun. And, you know, one of the reasons I think we get along so good, it almost sounds like the mutual admiration society here, but you have passion for what you do. And and I am attracted to work with people that have passion for something. And I think if you, whether it's fishing, hunting, or anything that you do, if you want to get better at something, you will get better at whatever you want, as long as you have humility and somebody with a lot of experience to learn from. Well, in in the, the same, my dad brought me up hunting and, and fishing and uh, my grandpas would take me out hunting. We squirrel hunted a lot. We deer hunted a lot. Uh, we did a lot of creek fishing and pond fishing. So I've learned a lot from what I've known of Jim Crowley, just learning about spinner baits and, you know, casting. <laughs> and and I, I think throughout the, the life of this show, you're going to you're gonna find out that Jim Crowley can teach you some pretty good stuff. And uh, our goal on this show is, is to bring the love that we have for the outdoors, whether it be sure. fishing, hunting, camping experiences. It is. It's a. This is a very, very weird, strange, bearded potpourri of of stuff, and and it, <laughs> it works, and it's fun. And if you give us some of your time, you're gonna laugh. You're hopefully you're gonna learn some stuff. But then you're gonna go. You know what? That was worth a cup of coffee. I'm glad I, I sat and listened to him. If you have questions for Jim or questions for myself, or you want to strike up a conversation of some sort, we do have a Facebook page. It's Hook and Hunt Experience. You just go there and you can yep. send us messages. You can contact us, Jim. I found a story that I thought was pretty interesting because uh, you know the the president, whether you love him or hate him. Uh, he's done some pretty good things for the outdoor industry. Yeah. Uh, and he just opened up and is going to open up another 2.3 million acres of land to hunt and fish on more than 100 national wildlife refuges and fish hatcheries across the country. That's that's huge. 
It is huge. And hunters and fishermen are the first and the best conservationists of all time. They are. That's, 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 that's how we were raised. It's what we do. We are conservationists. And you're going to b- start bringing in more revenue. Hunting and fishing brings in money. And to be able to share that, now you have more space to be able to share with your family, share with your friends. It's all good. I just saw a story where it was a part in Africa where there was only, I think, 1,200 elephants left. When um, hunting got over there, and basically what they did is they put a limit so the poachers couldn't kill the elephants. Right. In nine years, 1,200 elephants went to 24,000. Wow. And now it's bringing in a ton of money. The herds are bigger than they've ever been before, but the poachers can't get their hands on the ivory. Now the people are using the resource because when you go over there and hunt, then the town gets the meat. It's a big deal for them over there. It brings money in, and now the herds are bigger and better than they've ever been. Hunters and fishermen are conservationists, and for the president to open that up, that's going to bring more revenue to those towns and it's going to give more opportunities to people. That's fantastic. And we're not just talking about in one state or one area, 2.3 million acres is a lot of acreage. We're talking from San Diego, California, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, New Hampshire, uh, migratory bird hunting in Oregon will be allowed for the first time at a couple of national wildlife uh, refuges. So it, I always like reading the stories when the, the hunters and fishermen get more options. You know, I mean, yeah. really, you get that public land where you can go hunt anywhere in the country and more options are, are good options. Yeah, because more options lead to more time with your family and more time and the outdoors. And when you have that influx of money coming in, there's more things that can be done when you have the influx of money from hunters and fishermen. It just that's just a back to how it is. Conservation is good. Um, You know, I read a story the other day that uh, in a Guinness Book of World Records, the individual who's given the most to the outdoors anywhere is Johnny Morris, who founder of Bass Pro Shop. He's given more money on the planet to conservation than anyone on the planet, period. I I met Mr. Morris years and years ago. Very, very nice man. So is his son. Um, But what they've done for conservation is second to none. Uh, seeing these open up all over the, the country is absolutely great for what we love to do. And uh, maybe with opportunities like that, uh, those that live in that area that had never hunted before maybe would get involved now because it's it's open. Yeah, or they, you know, they might take a kid fishing for the first time or whatever. If anything, hike in the outdoors and get away from your phone or just get in the outside and see. I've always said that hunting and fishing builds character in an individual. It's not a game where you can reset turn the button on or off. You make a mistake, you lose. Fine. Learn from it. What, what's the story? You got a, a pretty funny story to, to share <laughs> yeah. here. This just happened. This just happened. Okay. So we go to launch, we go to launch the boat the other day, just to, we're going to go film a show on his gravel pit. So we launched the boat, checked everything, straps are off, plug is in. Just remember that. I saw the plug is in. Okay. So we get out, we launch the boat and my cameraman in back of the boat goes, uh, there's water coming up through the drain. Oh no. And I go, what do you mean? What, what? So I look down on the floor. I, I get the camera cut. Oh, I, I put the plug in. He said, did you put the plug in? Yes. I put the plug in now. Now mind you that my cameraman is a retired assistant police chief. This guy dots every I and crosses every T and uh-huh. he's looking at me like you idiot. You didn't put the plug. <laughs> I put the plug in We get the boat back on the trailer. We both go right to the back of the thing. And the plug is in. Oh, yeah. All right. 
the, the plug is in. It's in the wrong hole. Oh, no! It was, <laughs> it was in the live well drain. I have put this plug in the boat a hundred times. Why I moved it over three inches where the drain hole plug <laughs> is and put it in, I have no idea, except that I was probably so excited to get out on the water that I'm like, okay, that's fine. Plugs in. Let's go. Idiot Crowley. I didn't put it in. The drain plug, I, I didn't put it in the drain hole. I put it in a live well drain hole. So the boat filled up like any boat does with no plug in it very quickly. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be known as wrong hole Crowley from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's never a good thing. No, that's that's never a good thing. Jim, uh, we have more show coming up. We have a great guest. Uh, who's our guest going to be today? Oh, we got we got a great guest. He's he's a buddy of mine for a while in the in the industry. Don Morris from American Tackle Rod Builder. Uh, this guy actually taught me how to build my own fishing rods. Works for a great company with with American Tackle. There, uh, it's just he's just a very very good dude. I can't wait to get him on the line. Great, Don. Coming up next, this week's Hook and Hunt Experience guest star is brought to you by Hook and Hunt TV, where our slogan is "God made me a fisherman and a hunter." I'm proud of both and apologize to no one. Watch the latest episode at hookandhunttv.com. It is the Hook and Hunt Experience debut podcast. And when you put out the debut podcast, Jim Crowley, you got to make sure you have one of the top guests that you can find because we have a guru with us today. Man, are you writing him a check or something? Yeah. What are you? He's writing me a check. He's right. That's yeah. He's right. You a check. Uh, I'm, I'll tell you what. This this guy is a great friend of mine, and he is the rod guru, technical support, whatever you want to call it. He's a guy who knows where all the nuts and bolts and bodies are hidden over at American Tackle. Don Morris. Don, welcome to the Hook and Hunt. What's Experience. happening, guys? <laughs> Man, we have, I do know where all the nuts and bolts and bodies are hidden. So, uh, <laughs> but that's you and me. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on our, our debut episode and. Hopefully it, it can get any better than this one because I'm 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 really nervous that it, it won't because uh, I think you're going to knock it out of the park. Don, why don't you why don't you tell the folks just a little bit about yourself and and your background and everything, and then we can get into you know exactly what American Tackle does. Yeah, so I've been rod building. Well, let's put it this way: I've been fishing since I can remember. Um, two years old, I can remember being on the pond with my dad, and it's all I've ever wanted to do: hunting and fishing. Uh, started building fishing rods 25, 26 years ago now. Uh, my pops actually taught me to build rods on his kitchen table before a trip to uh, northern Ontario for pike. And I got hooked, man. I just had to do it. So I built bait, I built some spinner baits and a rod to take on that trip. And there's nothing like catching big fish on something that you built, especially everything that you built. So, uh, you know, that just uh, it took off from there. I went into custom rod business about 10 years after that so uh as far as an official business built a lot of rods for friends and family um started in the business got hooked up with american tackle as a pro staff member and um actually went to a show in north carolina and worked with the president of the company and he said hey give me a ride to the airport i didn't know that 45 minute ride was going to be a job interview Whoa. So when I dropped him off, uh, when I dropped him off. He asked me if I wanted to move from Michigan to Florida and work for him. And a uh, quick phone call to my wife. She put in her two weeks' notice, and we were packing boxes. Wow! And and who Don is talking about, if I'm not mistaken, is Joe Meehan, right? You got it. You got yeah. it. President and founder. 
Well, next time, and I've, I've known Joe for, for years and he's a great guy. And I'm hoping next time we all do a show together that I'm going to ask him if he needs a ride to the airport because I want to move. <laughs> so, hey, Don, tell him, tell everybody what, you know, American Tackle does, because I think a lot of people don't know that, you know, rods just aren't there. Their components come from somewhere. Right, right. And, and you know, on top of that, so and now I've been with American Tackle um, six years next week. Um, officially um, moved down here six years ago next week. So big anniversary here. But uh, yeah, so American Tackle, um, you know, we're definitely known for rod components. The Joe has been in business for over 35 years. I think it's 37 or 38 years yeah. now. Um, yeah, supplying all the parts, all the little parts and pieces, the guides, the blanks, uh, you know, down to the grips, real seats. You know, we supply thread, finish. Every, if you needed to build a rod, we supply it. Everybody now should know about the microwave uh, guide system. We worked with Doug Hannon on that back in 2011-12. It is the winningest rod component in fishing tackle history. It's actually the winningest product in fishing tackle history. We're super proud of that, and we keep uh, keep expanding that line, trying new things, and uh, some new exciting stuff, not just in the microwave line, but in everything we do. You know, I see American Tackle as being on the uh, the cutting edge of everything. So we are definitely some of the first ones to release things, and uh, we try to make it better and better every time we do it. When you guys are coming up with ideas, what is it that makes you think, oh, man, I want to try this? I mean, is it just going out every day and, and throwing a rod and, and getting the feel in your hand? So that's that's part of it for sure. Um, one of the big things about American Tackle is everybody that works in the front. So all the sales guys, um, all the guys that are involved in products, um, our president, our vice president, we all build rods. We all fish. Um, a lot of other companies can't say that. You know, they've got people that answer the phone and take orders, um, but we build the rods. We know, you know, we know what to feel. We know how they go together. Um, and honestly, we walked through the aisles of the warehouse picking up different things. Going, I wonder what would happen if we did this to this. Um, so that's the cool thing is the sales team and the product guys, we're all involved in the new product. So um, everything is designed right here in Florida. Um, you know, so we all have a hand in it. Um, I can walk back and show you things on rods that, you know, I had a huge part in designing and bringing to market. And it, it, it makes me pretty proud. So. I know with the new carbon reel seats and the carbon grips, uh, I was out throwing a bladed jig today and um, I can feel the blade moving in the handle because the, the, the feel is transmitted through that carbon reel seat so much better than anything I've ever held. If that blade stops moving or gets interrupted in any way, I can feel it in the palm of my hand on that grip. It's really, it's an interesting feeling because the whole rod vibrates now. And I didn't feel the fish hit. I felt the blade stop moving and set the hook. That's how much feel is transmitted uh, with those carbon fiber grips in that handle. And, and Don's actually got to blame for me getting into rod build because all it was is Crowley, you got to try this. You can do this. I, I don't think I said you can do this, Crowley. I said I think I think the words were any monkey can build a rod. <laughs> you know, that that leads right up to my next question. The possibility to build a rod is there, and an American tackle company has everything you need and will basically walk you right through, right? Yeah, we, we have all that. Now we supply uh, business to business. So that's that's kind of where we fall in. Um, but we supply some of the largest 
wholesalers in the world. One of them, Jim works with um, Angus Workshop up there in Illinois. Um, they are the guys that the hobby builders buy their equipment from, buy the parts and pieces from. And then, of course, you know, watch, hook, and hunt because Jim breaks it down in the simplest way possible. I've been doing it so long and, and tried so many things that I tend to overcomplicate things when I show people. You know, I watch Jim um, wrapping guides. I'm like, all right, he just made it too simple. So, I mean, that's a great resource, watching that stuff. You know, get your stuff from a reputable wholesaler and uh, go to town. It doesn't take much. I built my first rod on my knees with the thread running through a phone book retention. So you don't need oh, to Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, I, I think Don used to put it or used to say, I think still does say that, you know, there's a there's a way to do it. And then there's a Crowley way. And that's how we usually end a lot of those segments. If I can do it, so can you. And it's it's been a lot of fun because there is some great satisfaction in building your lures, building your rods and then being able to go catch fish on it. It is it is really cool. and A lot of fun. Do you have a, a certain thing that you have done over even six years being with the company that you sit back and you think, man, that was genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I do have some of that stuff for sure. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of technique stuff. I mean, the biggest thing that I love doing now is helping people. You know, one time I wanted to build a custom rod business and have a big custom rod business. Now, my thing now that makes me the most proud is helping companies make more money. I design a lot of rods. Like right now, I can walk into Bass Pro Shops and see rods in there that I had a hand in designing. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool, you know, things I can't mention, um, because mm -hmm. we do keep things, you know, we're pretty strict on, on who knows what, um, uh, but it's cool to walk in there and say, Hey, I made that rod. The first, the very first one I designed it. That's awesome. So that kind of stuff is really, really cool. Don, we talked about rod building at American Tackle. What else is available? Also with, Amer with American Tackle, we also have an angler's side. So if you go to americantackle.us and oh, yeah. you click over on angler products, I mean, we have baits that you can buy direct. We have line, we have fishing reels. We've got a the, lot of that stuff. So, the reels are, um, the reels are fantastic. And I don't, I don't give those compliments out very easily. Um, we, that's all I'm using now is American tackle. I'm overly impressed with what, with what they're doing on that side of it. So yeah, if guys go to angler products, you can see a lot of the same stuff that, that I use. That stuff's available to the public, and I, I always forget to bring it up because I'm not on that side of the business. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that that all is available to the public. So uh, for sure, check that out. But, uh, yeah, Jim was also telling me that outside of building rods, you have uh, an organization that uh, is for a great cause. So Autism Anglers. Two years ago, I started an organization um, to help me spread the word on what I was learning. My son was diagnosed autistic um, four or five years ago now. And as I was learning, uh, after I got over the initial shock and was learning what, uh, what autism was really about and uh, what, I, what was misunderstood about it, I needed an outlet. And the people that I know are anglers, are in the fishing business. So that's who I chose to reach out to. You know, the initial push was just to spread the awareness and acceptance of what autism really is. There's more people with fishing licenses in the U.S. than without. So it's just a huge segment of people to reach. Um, so I started this just to, you know, spread the word, tell people, you know, autism is so misunderstood. You know, it's not really what you think. One of the things that I've learned is 
when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. It's such a huge spectrum and everybody is so different, you know. Um, it's just, it's amazing, you know, just the way that everybody's brain is a little bit different. It quickly morphed from just awareness and acceptance um, to a program we call Awesome Anglers. I had people reach out and say, hey, um, I've got tackle. Do you know a kid that can use it? All of a sudden, boxes of tackle started showing up at the door. <laughs> so in the last year and a half, I've sent out almost a thousand pounds of fishing tackle free of charge to kids and adults on the spectrum. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, AutismAnglers.org is where you can go find out about that. And and if somebody is listening and has things they want to donate to you, is that a possibility? For sure. Yeah, we uh, we take tackle. I have a garage full of tackle. Now I have a lot of tackle. You know, my wife and I run the run the whole program. Uh, we don't take any money out of it. It's all volunteer. Um, so we're always looking for that kind of stuff. So we take cash donations. We take tackle donations. Um, anything fishing related. I mean, we can use life vests. We can use tackle boxes, fishing rods, reels, line. It doesn't matter what it is. We can use it and redistribute it. And if you go check it out again, autismanglers.org, there's a, a link set up. You can do it through PayPal or your credit card and uh, and help them out. Don, it's been awesome talking with you. And and I know that you could school us even more on uh, on how to build rods and and things like that. But we'll definitely have to have you back on so oh, yeah. we can oh, yeah. uh, talk more uh, about it. But we sure appreciate you being our debut guest and setting the bar so dang blame high. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I'd love to be at any time. Don Morris from American Tackle Company and Autism Anglers. You can find all this information out by go check out our Facebook page, Hook and Hunt Experience. Thanks again, Don, for being our debut guest. Here's your Hook and Hunt Experience look back with the Moxie Dog Treats Outdoor History Minute. Are you ready for this? I, I am. I, I have been waiting for this the entire time. In April of 1959, a man named Alfred Dean was in Australia and caught a 2,664-pound great white shark. It's the biggest record fish ever caught. How crazy is that? Holy cow. How does one man subdue that record fish? He was busy for most of the day. Do you, how long do you think that took him? Do you think it took him day or days? I, 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 the, the biggest fish I ever had, the longest fight I ever had, I had a 10 and a half or I had a 10 foot long swordfish in the Gulf of Mexico. It took me two and a half hours and it was 207 pounds. So I can't even imagine. I, I, it's got to be a 10, 12 hour day. It, it may be more. 2,664 pound great white shark in 50 minutes on a 130 pound line. Oh, my God. How in the world he did that, I will never know. A ton. He A car. He has a car yeah. on a fishing line that is rated for 130 pounds. How much How much Foster's beer do you think he drank that night after? Uh, I'm guessing a lot. I would guess. You know how sore he would be after that? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Pretty, pretty darn good there, huh? Yeah, and it took me two and a half hours. I'm starting to feel like quite a puss. I'm just you need, telling you. You better start hitting the gym. I better start hitting it a little harder, I think, is what I better start doing. <laughs> My goodness. And that's a little fishing history for you. In the outdoor world, there's always something new. Here's the Hook and Hunt Experience product review presented by Jim's Crankbaits. You'll be hauling in the limit every time. 
So each program, we like to uh, give you some ideas of products that you may really enjoy. And Jim, I know that you uh, you go out and you are at Cabela's and you are at all these different Shields and uh, always checking out the latest products. And what have you found for us this week? Actually, you know, I was going to talk about Rappel's new scale, and we can talk about that another time because I actually just tried something in the field that some guys I'm sure have heard about. They've seen the advertisement, and Suffix has a new fishing line I'll call Advance, and they have it in their monofilament, and they have it in their fluorocarbon. What's cool about the monofilament is that it has 50% less stretch. The neat thing about the new Advance line is when it comes to monofilament and fluorocarbon, sometimes the higher pound test that you get in each they can have a lot of memory. So when they come off the spool, they have kind of like that twist and that turn to it. Um, with this new winding process that Suffix has on the line and how they've made this line, I've taken 20-pound fluorocarbon, pulled it off the spool, and the line went perfectly slack. It is without question the most castable line when it comes to monofilament fluorocarbon that I've ever used. What's cool about, if you don't know the difference between monofilament and fluorocarbon, monofilament is made up of mostly water, and it's got around 17 to 20% stretch depending on the pound test. This stuff doesn't. This actually casts more like braid. It's got a lot less stretch. Fluorocarbon looks like monofilament, but it reflects light. So light bounces off of it, making it almost invisible in clear water. Fluorocarbon line also sinks. What's cool about fluorocarbon is you got better lure and line control because your line sinks. The problem with it used to be that it had so much memory, it was really hard to manage. Not anymore. And we just filmed a show with it a couple of weeks ago, I was overly impressed. Um, the stuff is very durable, extremely castable, and just it literally flies off the reel faster than any lines I've ever had. So if any of you guys are thinking about looking um, at new fishing lines, go check out Suffix. You can go to them at rapala.com, click on uh, the Suffix logo, and check out their new advanced mono and fluorocarbon. It'll be worth your time and really make your fishing easier. HookingOnTV.com has been educating and entertaining the world of hunting and fishing for years. Let's find out about the latest from Hook and Hunt TV's Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. You notice our name is Hook and Hunt. Way back in the day, many years ago, Jim Crowley thought, I want to do a TV show. So Jim Crowley uh, created Hook and Hunt TV. And Jim, do you remember the year that you created it first off? I think when we started, I was sitting down with a friend at the time, and it's actually his fault um, that we got this going. <laughs> it was over a it was over a beer. I had done it was 2009, I think, or 2010, because um, I had done syndicated television, hosted Midwest Outdoors on and off for years. And um, you know, when the when the internet thing was really blowing up really good, um, and fishing shows were starting to do a little bit of that we did um he decided after getting a couple beers of me that we needed to do something more kind of like on our own terms and so we in a very crude fashion we went out and did it but it, it uh it started coming together and like anything it is developed and evolved over time to where i'm very happy with the product that we're putting out now there's a lot of education there's some good entertainment uh to it as well and from that little handheld, little teeny tiny camera to now being able to show four or five different camera angles from drone stuff to underwater shots. Um, we do a lot of teaching uh, on that show and I'm, I'm very proud of where, where it's come and every year it seems to get just a little bit bigger. Uh, every week your, your show, like you said, is very informative. 
and the the latest episode that I, I was watching uh, just last week, uh, this new format that you have is very interesting because not only can I watch the show, but I can communicate with you as the show is airing. When I'm doing a regular Facebook Live, just a regular event right there, what I usually tell our viewers is, hey, I'm not going to answer your questions now. We want to get this information out. When we're done, I will answer every single question or comment. When we do the show live, then I'm actually watching with them and I can see comments at the same time and become more interactive. And it just, it got, I think it gets the audience more involved. And so this was a really cool format. So and, and in a cool. format like that, if you cast a certain way or if you reel a certain way or if you jerk a certain way, then they can ask you, why did you do that? Or right. what, what was your thought there? Right. So when we do the Facebook Live, like we're going to be doing one out at a pond, I'm going to show them why I'm picking the lures for the pond that I'm at. And then we're going to try to do that several times throughout the year to show them different ponds and show them different experience and go, here's what I would pick first. Here's what I would try first. Now, it may work tonight. It may not. But this is my thought process while you're watching this. And of course, uh, you can see all of these episodes at hookandhunttv.com. Here's the latest hook and hunt experience hunting and fishing scouting report. Brought to you by the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. The Tackle Box Bar and Grill, downtown Fish Creek, Wisconsin. One of the things I always tell people is when people go, hey, what are the fish doing? Well, first thing I always tell people is fish don't know what the fish are doing. Fish are fish. They, they don't think like we do. They don't. Don't give them human qualities. That's one of the mistakes I think that people do is like, well, I wonder if they're doing or I wonder, like the, wonder if they like this color. Stop doing that. Fish are fish. They do three things. They swim, they eat, they make little fish. That's what they do. They simply react to their environment and they're cold blooded. So that means their body temperature is exactly that of what they swim around in. So a lot of places throughout the Midwest right now, Water's really cold. I'm, I, you know, when I'm fishing Illinois or Wisconsin, right now water temperature is in that upper 40s, maybe low 50s in some places if we're lucky. And if it's if I'm fishing for bass, if I'm fishing for largemouth bass, for example, um, if it's clear and cold water, I'm probably throwing a jerk bait um, or maybe a wacky worm. In clear water, I want natural looking lures, and jerk baits are just a great way to catch fish this time of year. If I'm fishing stained or muddy water, I may be throwing a bladed jig or I may be throwing a spinner bait with some big blades on it. You've only got two types of presentations. You've got vertical and you've got horizontal. So the first thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be covering water, trying to see if I can get a fish to react, if I can get a fish to bite. So those are going to be my horizontal presentations, those spinner baits, those jerk baits, those bladed jigs. Then if I want to slow down, then I'm going to use a vertical presentation. So I may fish a heavy cover jig or I may fish a tube just depending on the water, what I'm doing. I just understand that this time of year, since their metabolism is lower due to cold water, that I'm going to have to be more thorough and I'm going to have to slow down. And I'm really going to have to cover the water with either very slow retrieves or very erratic retrieves just to get those fish to react. It's, it's, not, rock, it's not rocket science, but to a certain extent it is science. Lures for me are just tools to get a job done. So I pick certain lures to try to get the job done. Two things have to happen every time you get a bite. You have to attract them and you have to trigger them. You will not get a bite unless both those things happen. And so when it's in clear water, I want more natural looking colors, maybe like green pumpkin or watermelon or pumpkin seed. Stained or muddy water, then I want a contrasting color. That's why black and blue is such a good color. Black and red, brown and orange. Now that's for largemouth. Sometimes for smallmouth, bright colors and clear water 
aggravate smallmouth. They are attracted to that. They get triggered by that. I don't know why. I've never asked one, but I've caught plenty of them <laughs> doing that. And so after a while, when things work, you just, you just, I stop asking questions and I just continue to do it. Jim Crowley, you know? the fish whisperer. Yeah, the, the fish whisperer. And secretly, <laughs> they laugh behind my back. That's what it is. Fishing is, always has been, and always will be a game of odds. That's it. If you put the more odds in your favor, your chances for success are drastically going to rise. The Hook and Hunt Experience wants you to live well from the live well. Here's your old buddy, Stinkbait Rivers. Hey, hey, it's your old buddy, Stinkbait. Here's a pro tip for you. Whenever you go to the supermarket and they run out of toilet paper, you should always use a paper towel or something before going out and asking the cashier if they have any more. It's a little embarrassing walking out there with your pants down around your drawers. That's my tip for the week. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you next time on the Hook and Hunt Experience with Stinkbait. We can't leave you high and dry. Here are some words of wisdom in the last cast with Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. Well, it's it's hard to believe, but the first show is coming to an end. We like to end all of our shows with the last cast from Jim Crowley. Giving Crowley the last words of wisdom for this week. A lot of us are spending a lot more time together than we used to. Whenever bad things happen, I always try to see good things and that. And that's just that's just how I am. I, I never look at the glass as half empty. I've got to spend a lot more time with, with my stepdaughter than I ever have before. We built a rod together. We took that rod and went and caught her first fish and a rod that she built herself. She loves to fish. It's really excited me to the point because I'm seeing the sport in a different way again through her eyes and she gets excited. This is a time when she puts down her phone. She wants to fish and she wants to learn how to catch more fish. Spending time together in the outdoors has always been my saving grace. It's where I, where I really thought God put me to be, is to be able to talk and experience the outdoors and pass that on. To be able to do that to a younger person is more than just rewarding. If and when you have the opportunity and take your child or a neighbor's kid out into the field and whether it be on their first hunter, their first fishing trip, please do it. It will be memorable for them, but it will also be something that you'll never forget. Thanks for stopping by the show. Head over to the Hook and Hunt Experience on Facebook and give us a like and find out more about this week's show. The Hook and Hunt Experience is brought to you by hookandhunttv.com. Stop by and watch the latest episodes airing now. Moxie Dog Treats, your dog will love you. Jim's Crank Baits, you'll be hauling in the limit every time. And the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. Join us next week for the next episode of the Hook and Hunt Experience.